I can make you fall in love with everything I do But you wanna always bite up more than you can change It's so crazy, you're a little baby, you ain't even got clean I'm so wavy, I was in the Navy and everything I do is for the crew I met that gal back in October Then I gave her the cucumber I'll give you everything you've been urging for CRJ house make your pum pum sore Come shake your bunda upon the dancing floor Your bunda's bigger than when I seen it before You say you're ready but do you mean it for sure I need punani cause I'm fresh from a war Splash my man jump Hey Oh, I like that song I do like that song That's off J Hus new album About time Waiting for him to bring up Big Conspiracy but yes, welcome guys, welcome guys. This is Damio. And I'm Erica Mona. And, and this, this is Cross Cultured. We're here again with another episode. Another one. Another one. Back I, to back. Yeah, like Jay Khaled. I mean, that's a Jay Khaled. DJ Khaled in there. <laughs> All right. Um, for those of you that are new listeners, thank you for joining us, joining thank the party. Um, but I just want to take the time to, you know, have Erica let these new listeners know what is Cross Cultured. Ah, cross-culture is the combinations of your thoughts, your upbringing, and your experience, uh, your different experiences from the past, present, and how they're all aligned together, and uh, make your future. Pity it. Mm-hmm. All right, you guys, man, before we get into the hot topics, though, I, just, I mean, we just got to talk. Let's do a check-in. How have you I mean, been? I'm you know? cool, you know, just keep, you know, still 2020, still January 2020. I feel like it's going. January is always the longest right? month, and then it goes long. like, shoot. And then that's it. You Boom. Know? Then it's like February, March, April, May, Exactly. Both thank God for life. We're here. Amen. What about you? How you doing? Man, y'all, we thank God for life, for mm-hmm. real, because I've been sick literally for like two weeks, but this week, uh, the first week was like just a preamble, just <laughs> a little sniffle, and then the next week, I w- I've been out like a light, mm-hmm. like, like literally just been out of it. For a good week or I so. I know. It takes so much energy away from you. This keto sick. almost killed me. That's what it's So it's the keto diet? I think the keto took away my immune system. Because I'm not getting any, like, of the vitamins I get from vegetables or fruits. So you don't eat vegetables for keto I don't diet? eat some vegetables because of the carbs oh. in it. So it's like corn. Like, it's a lot of vegetables I can't eat because of the carbs in it. Um, and, you know, all the fruit is basically gone. So I wasn't getting any vitamin C or anything like that. So yeah, yeah, and, yeah it just it, it took a lot. So with keto diet, it don't like provide you like um, sam- uh, different foods that could be used to substitute what you miss in your regular food. Nah, uh, that's the know. point. Take all that out so you could lose it all. Right, right. Good luck. Anyway, but yeah, that's that. Let's get into our hot topics. What's going on? What's juicy? What should we start with? So on some political news, um, the impeachment trial started this week. Mm-hmm. Um, so as you all know, um, we were able to vote for President Trump to uh, be up for impeachment. Mm-hmm. So now this is that second process that everybody was trying to tell us about on social media about he's not impeached yet. Yeah, like, calm down. Yeah, so this is the, the part, office. right? This is the meat and the potatoes of what we've been looking for. Um, so he is currently under trial and the articles are being presented. So we about to see how that goes. So hopefully, you know what I'm saying? I hope it ends the way we all that we need it to end, end okay? Because he's he's still acting up. He's still acting. He's up. He's cutting up for real, for sure. Ridiculous. And still, let's keep it on that um, political thing. He set travel bans to seven new countries, 
Uh, Nigeria is part of them. Tanzania, Sudan, Eritrea, and I need to look up the other three countries. Um, but it's just like, come on, why? I don't understand it. And why is it always African and of Middle course. Eastern countries? Like, like, what's even going on in Nigeria? What's going on in Tanzania? Exactly. What's going on in Sudan, Eritrea, and, and right it, now? Like what? That you put in your personal He ain't get the invite to Dirty December. <laughs> <laughs> like, he's just doing stupid things. It makes no sense. It just, why? It just be cracking me just up Just to draw sometimes. attention away from it, him. It, and that's what it is. It's just like attention-seeking tactics at this point. It's you trying to be... Just trying to get attention, trying mm-hmm. to, to have everybody see, like, I'm the president. I can do whatever I want. I can do I this, want. exactly. Oh, Caillou faces. Just a big child. Ridiculous. Okay, I'm tired of that. So, um, Terry Crews. So, you know this whole um, Gabrielle Union thing going on with um, America's American Thailand. Got Thailand, right? And, you know, she says that um, there's racism there. Right. Um, but so he did an interview and saying that he did not experience racism that Gabrielle Union, um, Union is talking about. And I feel like it's okay if you did not experience that. Yeah, you but know? don't invalidate what she's saying. Exactly, because that's the way he made it seem. Because yeah. he's like, it's the most diverse show. The finalists, they're, they're Asian, they're women, they're old, they're young. It's like, okay, but Gabrielle Union is also talking about behind the scenes, too. Right, yeah. she's talking about in the management parts, not just oh what we regularly see in TV and who they nominate, but like behind the scenes in the upper management, where like those who make decisions for the shows, exactly, you know, that have impacts on people's life, on the workers and things like that. So even the way he said it, because he was like, you know, um, I can't. He said he couldn't talk about the sexism part because he's not a woman. And then I'm like, okay, you're starting off well. Then when he got to race thing, he was like, well, I didn't experience that. And it's fine if that wasn't your experience, but don't, you know, as you said, make it seem what she said was so invalid. The tone, the way he said it, too, was just like, if you don't know anything about it, just it's a way to go about it. For somebody who just had their own thing in the limelight about um, their experiences being invalidated, mm-hmm. you would think that he would tread water lightly. And just out of solidarity of the fact that, this is a black woman saying this, followed by Nick Cannon, another black man who also said this. That also to, worked. That also worked, worked that same, same job place, yep. and said the same thing. I don't know. Maybe he's trying to save his ass. Maybe they told him, like, you going on Good Morning America. They're going to ask you about this. Tread lightly. So, you know. But it's a job. He, he needs need a check. Job. You know, he, some people need, need a check. But sometimes the best thing to do is remain silent. Remain silent. Just be like, you know what? I can't speak on that experience. But, you know, all I know is if that's how she feels, I can't invalidate it. Because Gabby tweeted and she was saying like, oh, I thought the agreement was that no one would speak on it till investigations are completed. Over. So it's exactly. like, why not even just honor that simple part? And, and if that's that was, it. You know what I mean? That's it. Just be like, you know what? I, I can't even talk about it. It's the undergoing Exactly. Thing. Just let it be that. But instead, be. you you was shucking and jiving. In. You was quick. Thirsty. Uh-uh. Well, That's Terry. disappointing, Terry. That, it is disappointing. It is disappointing. I didn't expect it from him. But also, people talking shit. Wendy's, per usual. We know how Wendy is. This is what, this is what she does. This is what she gets paid for. However, you know, I, I do wonder, you know, when it comes to our friends, how do they feel about her? So basically, Wendy, she made a comment on her show that um, Nini texted her saying that she's quitting Real Housewives of Atlanta. So, obviously, we do know that Nini and Wendy, they're pretty close friends. Because we yeah. see that whenever Nini's in New York, they take pictures, they go out. You right. know, they're you know, talk girls, they're friends, or whatever. But for you to say that, why say it on TV? Like, this wasn't... You have so yeah. much juicy stuff to talk about. And why? I just think that that was... It was, it was definitely... Uh, 
you know, like a buzz topic. Like you just want it to go viral real quick. You, or you want to, to start some controversy. And it's like that, you know, that can mess up her contract or her job. Like, why would you even why mess up her bag like that? that? Yeah, why would you mess up her bag? Because that's Nene's job. Like, what, Nene ain't doing nothing else for real right now. Like, like in terms of TV. So why would you mess up her bag like that? Like, that was just, that was cold. And it's like you had nothing else to say. You had no one else to make things up about, you know, and you don't do that to Nene, your close friend. I don't know. Wendy, Wendy kind of a dog. Why you ain't talking about your divorce being fine? Exactly. So, um, Nina, of course, tweeted saying that, you know, certain things that should just be kept personal. As a yeah, girlfriend, as I'm girls. texting you in the heat of the moment. You know, of course, obviously it's in the heat of the moment type of stuff, you know? And it's like, I can't share anything with you because you're a blogger or you're a Yeah, TV like, come on. You no. should know better than that, Wendy. Wendy. Who, all, who, does she have celebrity friends besides Nene? I'm sure, listen to the thing, Wendy has a lot of celebrity friends. All her friends are celebrity friends. Yeah. Wendy been in this industry for too long she, to yeah, not have celebrity two, yeah, friends. Yeah. And I just, I just think it was just a, in poor taste. Yeah. But you know what I will say? I feel like it's not something that Nene wouldn't do. That's the thing. I don't think oh, it's above Nene, though. To do that either. To do that to somebody else either. True. I don't think True. it's above Nene. So True. I think it's just it's just like, ah, it's dirty. But I think that's the type of friendship they kind of have. They have, yup. In a way. I mean, because they're both petty bitches. They though. both, they kind of both cut from that same cloth. Yeah, they're both I think petty. it's just that it just cut Nene this time. But it's not above something Nene herself it would sure do to somebody isn't. else. It sure isn't. Mm-mm. But we'll see, though. Do you think she's quitting? Girl, she ain't finna quit. She ain't gonna quit. Like, <laughs> maybe if this was when she was still on Glee. Right, right. She could she quit. Was, she was starting she was big herself shit back when there. she was on Glee and that was Broadway. When she was like, oh, I'm a rich bitch. That's yes. what she was making that comment. Okay, but okay, let's talk about something serious. Um, so, from um, Sierra from Love and Hip Hop Atlanta. Actually, her daughter got beat up at school. Her daughter, I think, is a 15 year old high mm-hmm. school high school girl, and she got beat up by, I guess, the girl she's fighting and the girl's parents. I stay seeing that. So the parent and the child tag teamed her yep. and beat her up. I see that all How the time. How is that even possible, man? That happens all the time. Especially it's- when you work in these inner city schools. That happens all the time where the parents, um, you know, they get up to, they come to the school. And they be like, uh uh-uh, uh, nobody gonna beat my daughter or they kid. Like, they, that's just the hood mentality. It's really, it's a hood mentality. It's like, it's so sad. It's like one swing, we all swing. It's really like a lot of times people don't grow, people don't outgrow those mentalities. They don't. You, they don't. And, and you see it so so much in children, right? Mm-hmm. Like you see kids and they act some some type of and way. Like where do they get it from? And, and then you see their parents Obviously. and their parents are are that exactly like that to the t times ten. It's like oh you ain't have a choice. Oh, it's so sad because this is in the news in Atlanta, you know. And Sierra, the the mother of the victims, was saying that I don't even understand how the mother was able to get into school grounds like that. Because kids open doors. I've, yeah. I've worked in a school once. It was like a big brawl where they whole family came and jumped a girl. Hey, when in I high school in, drama. When I was in Baltimore, this was middle school. This was like sixth grade. It was a sixth grade girl. She opened the back door. It was her mama, her cousins, her aunties. All of them came and, and jumped over this one girl. And hey, it's like eight of like them jumped that little girl. And this is for over high school and drama or middle school drama. That. Yes, it'd be little drama like over a boy like, or she beat your ass. Yeah, just little stuff like that. And some people people are so like, you're not gonna get your ass beat or somebody touch my family, whatever. Like people, sometimes the loyalty thing. It just, it'd be too much. It, it doesn't make sense. No. Wow. Well, that's sad. That is, that's a shame and that's sad. We need to do better. 
<sighs> and lastly, let me pull this up really quick. Do you mind reading it as I pull it? So, um, you know, once again, an, another example of why we be so over white people taking our hairstyles is because as black people, we do not get to exist with our hairstyles. Mm-hmm. So there's a Texas teen who was not allowed to graduate until he cuts off his locks. Oh, man, I am so blown because, you know, he's been growing his locks since seventh grade. Okay, so I'm thinking like, okay, are y'all trying to say y'all did not see this boy with his locks? Because the, the the principal said I'm not gonna be bullied to change the policy because it's our our high school policy. But y'all didn't tell this young boy before he even entered the school. School exactly nine, ten, eleven, twelve grade to be like, okay, hey son, you're not supposed to have locks. And it's like, why, why, please, why? Because you see all this young white boys. White with boys stay with them long, long hair. Yeah. They put in, in a ponytail, everything. Man buns, they do whatever. I don't you know, get I remember it. high school. We see all these little white boys with their hair in a ponytail. They have yeah. very long hair, and it's like, why do you have this long hair? I but it's the it. same thing, though. It's the same thing. A young boy with locks with the, a, a white young guy with his own hair too. What's yeah, the difference? I don't the get it. Thing. It's like, literally the same thing. The locks is not like he has some type of harmful object in his hair where it's gonna harm you. You ain't like I, I can't kill you with my locks. Like what do you, what do you think is gonna happen? How how is this again? What the, I want to hear what the policy is because clearly the policy would be like black hairstyles. That's what it is. It's a black. It's against black hairstyles. Or they'll like they'll they'll sugarcoat it with like some language about professional lang uh, professional hair or clean cuts. Mm-hmm. You know that'll be the the language they'll right, say. Right, but- right, right. Uh, it's it's sad. Obviously, this is you know an issue that has to do with race, and of course they're saying no, it has nothing to do with race. It's part of our uh, our board's dress code. I think it's bullshit. They'll and I never think admit it's that it's a, it's a, a shame that thing. this is still happening over and over and over again. It, it's a shame. It's a shame. Um, I feel bad for the young boy. I hope that he's able to graduate. Or if I don't know what if he could be, he could transfer to another school real quick and graduate. I don't know who that would work out. But it's saddening to have you know try to affect the young boy's future like that just because of his hair. But that is America for you. America. America, you're full of racism. Okay. All right, you guys. So we're about to get into our favorite segment of the week. Y'all already know what time it is. Let's get into it. Analodo, somebody who is a dumbass, stupid, makes poor decisions, comparable to a donkey. Olodo Rabata. Goof ass. <laughs> In case y'all don't know, it's time for our Olodo of the week. So this week, our Olodo, man, I hate to see it. It goes to a fellow Nigerian. Mm-hmm. His name is Chika Odinaka Nwakpa. Okay, Ooh, I tried with that name. Um, he is a formal, former Drexel University professor in Philadelphia, and he is facing theft charges after he allegedly spent $185,000 in federal grant money on strip clubs and other personal expenses, okay? (laughs) So, you know, he is, you know, former head of Drexel University's electrical engineering department, and he gets grant money, you know, grant money for whatever to do, whatever research and experiments, but instead of doing what he's supposed to do, he decides he's going to go spend it on strippers and... Liquor and a good time. To enjoy life. Or he said, enjoy he said I cannot come and die. Let me enjoy my life in this America. Eh? 
It's like, come on, dude. First of all, you're awarded this money. Obviously, for the school, you're in this type of position. And this is what you're going to use the money to do. As if it cannot be tracked. Like, that, people don't be thinking at all. People, you know, people that like do little stuff like this. I just think, like, where y'all don't plan this shit out. At least plan they it very well. You don't they think don't. it's going to be tracked? It's not your own money. It's like, not your money. This, what's funny is I can see him spending it. You know how evil people be, too. Man, I can see him just, just spending hey, like, sweetie. I have money, hey. dollars, dollars, cash, dollars. All that tits, all that noir. Come on, baby. Let, let, let me treat you like a king, like a real Afri, how a real African man. A, African you. king. No nonsense. I'm just like child. And that's a lot of money. You supposed to be out here trying to figure out how to turn co- cars into to boats with one switch, and you talking about. Strippers and sports bars. Wow. Chica. Wow. Just ching, ching, ching. Chica. What a shame. <laughs> Is that what your name means? Yeah. Stripper. That's, that's a shame. That's a shame. Is he going to go to jail or something? I don't know. Probably. Some fine know. or something. He or pay it back. The funny thing, too, is he dropped 89000 on iTunes. So, who, who, please, what are you listening on iTunes? Like, you buying hella music like that? I mean, he trying to get that old, old, I ain't fell old. I'm dead. And they are free, though. That's, I don't know what he trying Probably to Probably giving it to all these young girls and stuff. Like, oh, Maybe his cousin iTunes. got a mixtape or something. He, I don't know. We have no Listen, idea. Greed. Maybe a stripper said, invest in my mixtape. <laughs> Right, help my music career. Help my music career. Buy, buy all my, buy, buy all, all my, my songs. He <laughs> <laughs> paying that ninety nine cent for all the strippers through Philly. Hell no, man, that's Hilarious. crazy. But yeah, he is our Olodo of the week. Trugufer. Mm-hmm. All right, let's get into our topic. I think that kind of was a cool, interesting segue into our topic in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, our topic this week is moving back to Africa. Is it our responsibility to move back? That's a very good question. Well, you know, it's loaded because I think that um, it, it comes with a lot, right? For me, I don't know if it's my responsibility. Mm-hmm. And I would say for me because I'm, I'm a secondary product of Nigeria, and not like I've detached myself or anything like that, but because I I I didn't I wasn't born there I didn't grow up there um, I have no like immediate ties in that sense other than like it's where my my blood and my heritage is you know and of course um, once I get to a point in my career my life that I can give back and do more for Nigeria I will um, but to me it's not the it's, I don't have that same Fever as I would have for like me getting on, getting money, and giving back to the communities here that I grew up in mm-hmm. because I have I have a different attachment, right? So I wouldn't say that it's now my responsibility to become all I can be here in America and be like, all right, now I'm gonna go back right. and reinvest that in Nigeria. Yeah. I understand the mindset behind it, but would I say it's my exact responsibility? I don't want to say... I think responsibility is a heavy word to Mm -hmm. put on it. Yeah. I get it. I definitely do get how um, it can be conflicting, you know? Especially if you didn't grow up there. So it's like, you know, as you said, you don't know... It's not that you have that immediate attachment or drive or motivation to be like, I'm going to go back. And even some people who grew up there, they're like, shit, I ain't going back. You know what I mean? Because they probably have such a 
for their life was just so frustrated and have a good life over there. So they're thirsty to leave. And if they if they do make their way here, it's like that. I have nothing to do with Nigeria, you know. Right. Uh, for me personally, um, I do have a responsibility to go back there. Also because I grew up there, so that's my first home. And um, me, I'm the type of person like. I, I take from both cultures, right? Not just my Nigerian, but also my American side. So for me, it's kind of like, okay, what I've learned from being Nigerian, what I've learned from being in America, I would like to make my home place a better place, you mm-hmm. know? I would like it to be where, you know, eventually, if years, you know, years go by, I could go back and live in Nigeria. I want my country to be a place that people wouldn't have to be rushed. People wouldn't have that thirst and drive to want to leave their country to come here. You yeah. know, I want to be where, like, oh, my kids and my grandkids, they're like, oh, we grew up in Nigeria because Nigeria is such a wonderful country. You know, they have the opportunities that we come here to get. Um, I get the confliction, though, because, you know, um, I was talking to one of my friends, and it's about, you know, how people in sports, like Nigerians are in sports, yeah. and, like, they don't represent Nigeria. Or, like, you know, Anthony yeah. Joshua, um, the the boxer, the world champion, and you know he's from London, but he's also Nigerian. But he's not representing Nigeria, you mm-hmm. know. And some people are like, "Well, why isn't he representing Nigeria? That's his motherland. That's his fatherland." You know. But my my friend made a good point, saying that okay, okay, yes, he naturally has his talents. You can say, "Oh, this is the Nigerian blood that was a talent." Yeah. However, who helped cultivate that talent, right? What resources did he use to cultivate that talent? Exactly. What helped bring out that talent? You know. What provided opportunity for him to be where he is? It's the country that he's at, you know. So you can't blame for you can't blame people not wanting to represent Nigeria because it's like my coach was in Nigeria. I, I you know I didn't practice and go to rehearsal and do this and that in Nigeria. I did this in America and London, whatever. So I, in a way, I do all these people that I'm here. The least I could do is represent it's them. Represent you know what I mean? Country, yeah. But at the same time, it's like, well, okay, what about your own country? You know, so it's it is conflicting. But it's like, how would we? If I believe that we are the ones that can make Nigeria. A better place, right? Because mm-hmm. obviously the politicians there, there are 70, 80, 90 year old men that don't want to live, that are just there for the money. Yeah. And who can make it a better place? Our generation, you know, the millennials. We're the one who know better. We have this mixed cultured, cross cultural experience, education, knowledge, all of that. And we just need we need to take it there and make it better. Or else our country would just die in. It will move forward. And I feel like part of the problem is like there's no space for us to do that though. Yeah. Cause I feel like there's this huge thing of like Part of part of like if I'm gonna say I'm gonna move back and try to bring what I know or what I was able to to learn and experience from being um, an American here to Nigeria, it has to be a space for me to do that yeah. in Nigeria. And I feel like in Nigeria, it's so set in its ways, and it's so like the 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 way even like the the hierarchy of thinking of like well you know I'm older I know more I'm mm-hmm. this that and the other there's no space for me to say oh okay I, I went to this country I learned this and I'm gonna bring it back here and you have to accept this and like accept or hear what I'm saying and I feel like there's not enough there's not enough spaces to do that authentically yeah, actually there are, there are spaces it's just that I think we're just not in the mindset or know of the spaces where we could do that. Because in Nigeria, if they hear that you're from America, period, it's like, come, 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 come and do whatever you want. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? They respect you as an American more than their own people who's walked hard and sweat, whatever. You know, because even my friends telling me that, because, you know, I do want to do this whole acting thing in Hollywood, and they're like, just come to Nigeria. You know, you, you're you an American. That's that's all you need. You know, you have the little accent. That's all you need. You know what I mean? You have little money. That's all you need. So it's just having the resources to do it. And, I, I you know, I know it's also difficult because when you grow up here, but I feel like um, once background plays a role, you know, because also me, I think about how, okay, how am I going to raise my kids to have the Nigerian mindset? Mm-hmm. You have to have, it's, it's an additional effort 
to 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 um remind yourself and to not let go of your culture. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? To not completely like detach and not completely be like, oh, I'm fully American. Because it's easy to do that. Because you, you speak English every day. You're around Americans every day. So Nigeria or Africa is not the forefront in your head. Like, oh, what idea can I do? If you're looking for a job, I'm not looking for, I'm not thinking about going to Nigeria to look for a job, mm-hmm. right? I'm thinking about looking for a job here in, in America because that's right. where I'm at and that's the place I'm in, you know? Right. But it takes, it takes additional effort. You have to constantly remind yourself, you know, your parents have to constantly be like, this is where you're from, you know, like you have to, um, cause I, the other day I was babysitting my niece. I'm like, you know, let me put Yoruba cartoons, you know, <laughs> cause and that's a good way to start the foundation of letting them know that, okay, you're American, but you're also Nigerian mm. so that, you know, you start developing and teaching them like, oh, you know, um, there are this type of careers that you're supposed to do in Nigeria too, you know, mm-hmm. because all this, let's say we carry this podcast and we say, you know what? We have a house to stay. If our you know accommodation is set, we could find a way to make it, because this is what like Africa needs, you know. And Africa is a, a space for creativity, you mm-hmm. know. It's just that we're just used we're used to the fact that it's, um you know we're used to being influenced by white people and the Americans and the London people, whatever. So we don't have the the courage or even just the mindset to think about how we can be the one to take charge. So I don't think there are no spaces for it. It's just that. We just need to go in knocking doors. And I think that that's the thing. It's like, sometimes it's just kind of like, why I got to do all of that? That, And that's what it is. It's like, why do I have to do all of that in a country that's supposed to be my own country? Why do I have to prove extra, like, go harder and show, like, oh, well, this is what I have to offer, and this is what I do, Mm -hmm. and this is how much that I've learned here, and this, that, and the other. And I think that that's what... What it's just so it's just a sh- easier structure, um, mm-hmm. for 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 people to do things in America, and of I think course. that that's what has turned people off to even trying to go back to Nigeria there's sometimes because no there's no lie. structure. It's hard. It's hard to say, okay, well, I just went to school and did all of this school, and now I'm gonna go back and uh, I I can gonna I'm gonna file for this grant, and this grant is gonna come. That's that's not the way it is. It's not it's the 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 way. So it's like that's what makes things extra like ugh, I just don't feel like being bothered with this a part of me wants to say that you know I think it's easy to say but I feel like all the politicians just need to die like some disease needs to fall upon all of them and <laughs> no, and literally wipe them away just wipe them off and then younger people could go because you know they are the ones that makes just make life hard the politicians you know they steal the money they're not doing anything good for the people and as you said it is difficult one of my friends he did say that um, he was also like me he came here for college and, um, you know, he felt like, okay, I've gotten the American education. Let me go back to my country. <laughs> and, you know, he went to, I think he stayed in Nigeria for two, three years. He said he suffered. He said he was thirsty to come back. No, he said he Because he was like, you know, okay, uh, I'm about to do this and whatever. And he was just, he, it's just a disorganization. He said there's no structure. And he gave me a, a good example where it's a, the, in the university, right? Everyone was trying to get maybe the, the, the something signed, right? And it was just this big chaos. And it's like common sense to be like, everyone standing in the straight line. Stand just stand in the straight line, okay? And let's go one by one. But everyone is just everywhere shouting, jumping in front of each other. And he was one really trying. He was shouting, like trying to get people, you know, in order. To organize And some man was just looking at him like, oh, you don't know anything. And that's and he, sad. Yeah, he was like, no, 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 no. I'm sorry, but no, no. <laughs> You're trying to get people in order. It's not going to happen. And it's, just, it's sad. And, it's that, and sad. that's what it's like, damn, so... So, and that's what, that's when you start to think like, so damn, what is my responsibility? Like, what is the thing that I'm taking back? Because I don't think that 
that anywhere in Africa is like lack of the the knowledge of science, mm-hmm. of art, of culture. So it's like, what am I taking back that I've learned here that isn't already in Africa if not for the structure of Western civilization? Yeah. And that's the messed up part where it's like, damn, so you trying to tell me I have to I'm gonna go back and teach people routines? And, and African people, they don't they're not they don't want black Africans to help them. They want white men to help them. Yeah. We we have that, you know, a white man savior mindset. Like, they're the one who will come and save, or they're the one who knows better. They know what to do. Um, I was listening to some TED talk, and this lady was saying, you know, it was a business meeting, and, um, you know, there's white people there, and there's Africans there, too, and maybe just a few white people. And they're like, immediately, she's just saying how she noticed immediately the white man came into the room. You could saw you saw you saw the intimidation there across mm. their faces, right? Like the man just said one thing, they're like, "Okay, cool." Like they were just so ready to go, whatever he says. We thought even like, "Wait, no," you know, thinking about it. And you know, she it. was just like, "Why?" And it's like, "Well, you know, he's the white man. He knows." And it's like, "No," you know what I'm saying? Like, like challenge them. Just because they're white does not mean they know better, you know. And he was saying even um, she mentioned how she overheard one of the the guys saying white men saying they love doing business in Africa because it's so easy. You just go there, show up, papers are signed, that's it. No one is combating you. No one is, you know, they're not questioning you because you're white. And that's that. And that, and even that, so that, that is another thing that intimidates someone like me saying like, oh, let me go back to Nigeria to, to, to make my mark. Right. Because it's like, I always, it's it's like, you're always also going to feel like, even though you know, you're Nigerian, they're always going to have this facade on you. Like you, you're, you're, you're a black American. Mm -hmm. Like you're, you're deluded. You're not like, like fully Nigerian. So it's kind of like, it's not the same. Yeah. You know what I mean? Which is kind of, it's like a fucked up mentality to have. And it's a fucked up feeling to have of like, you know, like my smarts or my intu- um, intuition is not going to be valued the same because of that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, okay, so when I was in Nigeria, I, my mom had a friend and he was talking to me and my brother about um, about what he does. And he was telling us how he actually ended up, he went to school in London, right? And he got some huge scholarship. It was him and a couple of his friends. They got this scholarship where they basically were like, um, what's it called? They had all their school and everything paid for in London, right? Mm-hmm. So that at the end, they had the opportunity to go and work in London, to stay there and work in London or whatever, or to come back to Nigeria and work for that company, though, in Nigeria. Oh, okay. Right? So he's like, of course, all his friends was like, shit, we staying in London. What you doing? He said, no, I'm going to go back to Nigeria because the thing that I can get in Nigeria that I can never get in London is power. Mm. So he was like, so now I stayed here and worked. He's like, now I have a different power that all of them... They don't have... And now they will come to him. He's like, now they all come to him and he's the connect. And he was like, and that's the thing, though. So it did also make me think, though, but if all you guys had the same education and all you guys had the same job, what was it that got you more power? So, Mm -hmm. like, what is it... about the structure of how things are done in Nigeria versus everything else, that we would say power is that play, is that thing. Well, one thing, you know that we're all black people will compete against each other. So, you know, you easily have access to power. It's not like you're 
no racial system is working against you. That's you true. know what I'm saying? So that's that that road right there is this <laughs> that's not a problem, you know. And you know, I think corruption plays a role too as to mm-hmm. how you can quickly get um, power. But I think the main things that you know, the type of discriminations as a black person you face here in lines of politics, you won't face it there because mm-hmm. you're all running the same race together. You know, mm-hmm. whatever you may have uh, up against each other is either education or wealth. You mm-hmm. know, and your connections, nothing to do with race. So I think it makes it easier. I think what he said is a very good point. You know, it's uh, I'm sure it wasn't an easy road. You know, right? But, yeah. But it's that you have to you have to be someone who's really dedicated because mm-hmm. it's definitely not easy. You have to have that dedicated mindset that I really want to go back, and you have to be really passionate about your country too. You know that you really want to go back and make a difference because in Nigeria you can live a good life. You know, because my dad he loves living in Nigeria because mm-hmm. it's like all these taxes that you pay on every single thing, even just to drink water from water's fountain, you damn near paying taxes for that. You right. know, buy buy anything is taxes. You don't have all that in Nigeria. You know what I mean? Yeah, you may have property tax, those major stuff, but, you know, you could enjoy the labor of, you know, your your handwork, you can enjoy it there. The fruits of your labor, you could see it and you could see it there, you know? It's not all these petty uh, rules and regulations, all these little laws, you have to do this. Even to buy a house, you know, you have to have all this expense... um, um, inspection done, you have to do all these court cases, you have to do that. You don't have to do all that extra stuff in Nigeria. Right. No, you don't have to do that. So it makes life easier. It makes, you know, if you want to be successful, start your own business, it makes it easier because there's land for it, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but I don't know, it's definitely tough, though, because I also do think about some Nigerians that hate Nigeria, you know. Mm. That even grew up there and they're like, you know, I don't ever want to go back there because it is a frustrating and a hard life, especially if you're not yeah. connected, if you're not rich. Um, there's just one other one I read on Twitter. This lady, you know, her family, she has a 10-year-old daughter. She wants, of course, her daughter to learn about her culture, you know. So they went to Nigeria this specific summer, and they were traveling by road um, to another state, and they were kidnapped. Damn. Yeah, and they were and they were kidnapped by a part of these people that work with Boko Haram stuff. Damn. Kidnapped, raped, Damn. and stuff. Mama, daddy, like the family, like beaten, like tortured, you know. And, you know, luckily they, they came out alive, but didn't. But she was like, I don't ever want to step foot in Nigeria. Yeah, and then the thing is and like... you can't blame that. It's like, because now as I think about it, is it wrong if somebody was like, okay, us as Nigerians, is it wrong if you're, if you're like, now nah, I'll move to Ghana and do something? Because it seems like, mm-hmm. other, you know, Ghana is like a, it's progressing in a different way than Nigeria yeah. is not progressing. Is that wrong? Is that still like, I mean, it's still Africa. It's still yeah. going back to the motherland, but is it like, eh... It's just I, I, a, I mean, you know, okay, you know, me as an Nigerian, like, damn, well, we ain't finna go to your country. But at the same time, as an African, I'm like, I'd rather you do that in an African country than in any other place, right? Mm-hmm. You know, at least, I mean, you could do her wherever you want, but at least that little small business, even if it's a hair shop or a candy shop, it is creating some type of job, right, for mm-hmm. some people. It is helping the economy in one way or the other. You mm-hmm. know, it, I feel like it takes just one step. Every step counts. It's nothing like it's too small or too small of a step. It's a good thing. If you do it in an African country, I think it's fine, you know. At least you're helping your continent to be a better place because it's a part of you, you know. People, I feel like people that end up saying they hate Nigeria, in a way, it means you also hate a part of you because Nigeria is your roots or whatever African country you come from. You can't, you, you can't remove it, you know? No matter how white you try to be or whatever, it's just, I didn't realize, like, you, that is not fully your home, especially if you have knowledge of your home and you have the experience of your home, you know? Um, not referring to African-Americans, you know what I mean? So as an African, you do know the background, and you say, oh, you hate Africa, I understand, but it also means in a way you hate yourself. So what, okay, because, you know, there's a concept, there was a concept of emigration that was taught by, um, 
was Claude McKay, I believe, who's, who was the one who was talking about immigration, which is this whole idea of um, African-Americans just moving back to mm-hmm. Africa, uh, essentially, which is now what Ghana is trying to instill by giving um, citizenship to black Americans that just say they want to move back to Ghana. So how do you think that works in that realm? I mean, obviously, you know, you're not, you're not black American, so it's kind of like you wouldn't be like an expert on it, but mm-hmm. how, how would you think that this whole idea would work in that sense? Because I think that it's not, I think it's like, it's a cultural thing to obviously like to just be like, oh, I'm going to pick up and move and move to this country. And now they're, you know, like I'm going to start a business here and there's, you know what I mean? I think that there's a way that, um, there's a fairy tale aspect that's being put around it of like, come to this motherland mm-hmm. and we'll embrace you and all of the racial biases that you face in America are not going to be mm-hmm. holding you back and you're going to thrive here because of it and so on and so forth. Um, but in your in your mind, how do you think that it really will work out? The same way our parents came from a whole different country mm-hmm. to establish themselves, is this, and it worked, it's the same way it would work over there too. Now, of course, you're going to face challenges, you know what I'm saying? The challenges will be different because it's, it's going to be a cultural shock, you mm-hmm. know, from the weather. That will even affect your health alone. The food, all that would affect everything about you. But it's doable. The same way we all, you know, immigrate from all this, migrate from all these countries, yeah, they could do it too. It may be a little bit easier because in a sense that if you want to think about it, people that would be like, I want to go back to Africa, you have to be in a certain type of class. Not like you have to be rich, but at least you have planned, okay, you have money, you set, you know, saved up. And obviously, you know, the, the power of the dollar, the value of the dollar is higher than a lot of other um, African countries. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? So with that being said, you have a little cash on you, you know? Mm-hmm. So I feel like for you to do that, I would advise, obviously, to know someone who is there. I mean, not necessarily, you know, but you have to do your research. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, and find your way. I don't really know exactly how it work out, but I just even just imagine all the stories we hear about our parents when they come here without even knowing anybody. You know what I mean? They don't mm-hmm. know anyone. They beg someone like, oh, let me live with you or let me whatever. They find a job. They make it. It's the same way. I think. I just think it would be an easier process because you have a little bit more money on your end. You know what I mean? don't think it would be an easier process. I'm Financially, that's what I mean. It would be oh, an easier cause process I think, financially. Cause like, and I think like because of the structures that are set. That's what, And that's the thing I always tell people. I'm like, I think that there are certain structures that are set here that aren't set in other countries that just make things like like those are the small things that have made America that immigration. The things that a person that leaves their countries, majority of the time our parents that leaves their country to come to America is like um it's poor people, right? Right. Because they're trying to leave American dream, whatever. Right. And you want to think about what poor person in the hood you think is gonna say I want to move to Africa. That's not their mindset. Mm-hmm. It's not. It's gonna be someone who's middle class Mm-hmm. You know, that you're educated to that level to think about doing that. You know what I'm saying? And you have some sense to know that, okay, I'm going to have money. So in the financial aspect, that's what I mean. It may, I, I do fully believe it will be an easier process financially. Now, money goes by fast <laughs> in Nigeria. You know what I'm saying? But a poor, the same way a poor person in Nigeria is struggling to get their, their visa and, you know, to get their passports, it's not the same way a poor person would do that here. You have to be someone of a certain class to want to do that on just on a general scale. To come to Nigeria and then, okay, you, you save up, you find whatever, you find some money. Now, the laws will make it difficult because it's a new a, a new place. You don't know right. the, the laws, you know what I'm saying? You don't know what you can do. Even just the fact that you're not a Nigerian, there's some legal stuff that you're going to have to figure out. You know what I mean? And it's not going to be sweet and easy, but it's. I feel like it's easier than if, you know, how our parents struggled. That's what I think. Hmm. 
I don't know. I think it's... I, me personally, I, I see it as my responsibility. Now, I don't know if I, I could, I've not been in Nigeria for so long, and some of the things I hear scares me because I lived in Nigeria as a child, right? Right. So, me going back as an adult is different because as a child, I didn't have to, you know, feed myself. Yeah. Even my parents were feeding me, you know, but if yeah. I go there now, I'm the one feeding myself. So, it'll be different because I'm like, okay, now I'll see how money goes and comes, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. The business aspect, how they do business because it's different, you know, mm-hmm. it's not the same way at all. So, um, I know those are things that's going to be difficult just to know mm-hmm. how life is as an adult, mm-hmm. you know, living on your own. Um, but I do, I definitely do want to make an impact, a positive, a, a positive impact, you know, for our country so that black people across the globe could be proud of our continent, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? So they could go be like, okay, this is, this is my home or whatever. I don't want my kids, all this racism stuff is not going to stop. It's, I don't, it's never going to stop. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, may God help us, it doesn't get worse. But it's not going to stop. And at the, end of the day, at the end of the day, it's like, this countries, no matter what European countries you go to, it's not built for you. Mm-hmm. It's, it's built against you. Cause, so I just think it's our job to make our country a better place. Period. And that's the thing. I think that um, for me, I would definitely do my part um, but I, it's, it's like, I, it's the country that, you know, it's not necessarily the country that I'm from. It's yeah, the country I get that, it. Yeah, yeah, like that, you know, like my, my blood is from, it's where my family and my, you know, my heritage and my culture. Um, and I definitely think, yeah, I definitely think I would do my part, but I don't know if I would move yeah. back. Cause and, for me, it's not moving back. It's right, moving right. to. Yeah. So that, I think that that would be the thing. And I think that's the, like, you know, that's where the conversations always start to get like muddy when when we have these conversations of like or even like was that our parents intention? Was their intentions for them to have kids, bring them here, raise them here, get all this stuff and then they move back to right. Nigeria? Like was, it probably was. Who knows? You know and, what I mean? and you know, to, even just to say when I say by our job, I'm referring to motherfuckers like me. Mm-hmm. Not like you. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Because I, I get the distance. I get the, the, the gap. So it's like how would it, right. it, it you know, I get it. You know, and also there are people like me that are like, I don't want to go back because that ain't my my choice. It's not my fault Nigeria is where it is, which is right. true. We had nothing to do why, with, you well, know, yeah. where the countries are now. And even our parents probably had nothing to do with it, too. Uh, you yeah. know what I mean? You know what I'm saying? Um, but it's like, if we all, I just like to think about the bigger picture. So if we all just keep moving here, what's going to happen to the motherfuckers over there? Mm-hmm. What's going to happen is, is I feel it's going to be a whole nother set of colonization again, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, you see a lot of Asians going to Nigeria. You see a lot of all these uh, white people, they're going back too, and they're going to take over all these African countries again. Mm-hmm. So in our faith, it's going to be around two, three, four, five of what happened hundreds of years ago. Um, I see it as part of my responsibility. Yeah. If that makes sense. I definitely get that. I definitely get that. It's just, it, it, it really is like a, a sad and confusing thing. Right? Yeah. Because it's like, it is, a, an, it's unfortunate because I do see the, the love and attachment of the, you know, people that have grown up in Nigeria. Yeah. Have, and that's just the love and attachment you're going to have anywhere you mm-hmm. grow up, right? Like, no matter how bad of a place somewhere seems, it's still your home. Yeah. And the know? little things like someone like you that could do, it, you know, it could be either, because I know there's some American, African, African-Americans here, but there are certain church groups they do, like, oh, they sponsor maybe two kids to go to university. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So there's little things like that. Oh, there's this lady, she says she sponsors, you know, widows to start their business. You know, widows in Ghanaian countries and Nigeria, stuff like that. So that's a way of helping your country. That's a way of, you know, if you create some type of foundation. You don't always, you don't have to be there and be like, I'm finna be in the mud and Right, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Power to the people I'm fighting. No, you don't have to do all that. I for sure know there's like, ugh, I just... 
No. I can't live, live in Nigeria. Yeah. I, can, I, I can stay there for like a couple of weeks and, you know, months or so, but I can't like it's a whole just relocate. Yeah, it's a whole different, it. it's just a whole different lifestyle. It is. Completely, yeah, completely. Um, but yeah, you know, I definitely think that it's an ongoing conversation to be had and listeners let us know, especially, um, cause I, I think there's so many people that have different phases and stuff. And I see so many people now who are now reconnecting with their African yeah. roots and going back, especially all the people that went for all these Afro cellas and who yeah. go for all these more prominent fun things. Like I, on all jokes aside though, would you move back? Would you... You know, like, I know. what would you do? How would you, you know what I'm saying? Like, how would you now add to the environment? I know. Yeah, it's not an easy thing. Some people have to think. Because even me, I've not gone back in years because I know, like, I ain't got the money for it now. Mm-hmm. I ain't going to stunt. That's the reason why. Because I'm like, if I go there, I know I'm going to have to spend so much money. I'm going to have to give people, give you this money. Oh, this family, this, this family, that, whatever. And I don't want to go there drained and I come back like. Oh, girl, even all like, of that. Broke. That's a whole other reason, too. It's just, <laughs> damn, I can't be Robin Hood to everybody. I know. It's, it's hard. It is, you know. I ain't going to stunt. It's hard, you know. But I just got rough in my country. You know how it is. Yeah. But, okay, I think that's pretty much it. If you guys have any thoughts, let us know. Um, but let's go to our, diff- our next segment, which is music. And TV. All right, let's get some music and TV going. All right, um, so going on in music. So if you guys don't know, this is Grammys weekend. Um, we're actually recording this during the weekend of the Grammys. So by the time y'all hear this, it would have happened already. Mm-hmm. But in the midst of that, there is a scandal going on with the president of the Grammy, the first female president, Deborah Dugan. Um, now, what y'all don't know about Ms. Deborah Dugan is that she has just been removed and asked to step down. Mm. Um, yes, amid some controversy, right? So she basically is trying to stand up and she's been saying things like, um, you know, the Grammys, which we know is racially and sexually, um, you know, misogynist and all of that stuff. So basically what she said is that they have a history of only voting for more men, for for more white men, that um, they purposely do not show a lot of the female winners on stage. Um, Yes, like if you remember, uh, what was that, in 2016, Alicia Cara was the only woman who got to accept her award on stage, even though that was a year where a lot of black women won things. Um, She also said that the... um, Former, what is his name? I can't remember. Let me find it. Um, well, one of the former presidents was actually um, in a scandal where he raped a Grammy nominee, um, and they kind of like hid it and kept it under wraps. And in fact, she was forced to rehire him as a what um, consultant, and he's uh, making seven hundred and fifty thousand a year. Lord Jesus. Um, yes, and she's basically saying that you know they're trying to silence me, they're trying to hold me back from everything. So yes, the you know we all know that the Grammys is fake, um, and they have a lot of little hidden quirks and stuff so you guys she was also on good morning america this week so if you guys want to go catch out catch this interview there is a lot going on with miss deborah dugan and the grammys so that's only a little taste of it and i just wanted you guys to really know that this is happening with the academy Hmm. especially as we watch the grammys this weekend and look at nipsey's beautiful tribute and all these great things that are going to happen but just keep in mind that it is a corporation it is a corporation these corporations are made by um white people white white men 
to be more specific. And there's always a little dirty truth behind it. So that was just to put y'all on to some of that. Okay, and for music, uh, Meg Thee Stallion, she dropped her song, B-I-T-C-H. Um, it's a sample of Tupac's I'd Rather Be Your N-I-G-G-A. I love it. I like it. I'm playing it all day in the car. It's a vibe. I like it. I think it's also like a double entendre because it's kind of like, you know, it's like the same way Pac was like, if y'all gonna call me these things anyway because of this is what I do, it's the same thing, right? Like, if I'm a, you gonna call me a bitch for doing what I wanna do, or, mm-hmm. you know, if you don't get your way as a guy, because you know how guys are, we all say it as women, you want one minute you wanna holler at me and call me this and call me a type of queens, and then I say no or leave me alone. It's like, you stupid bitch. Mm-hmm. So that's essentially the vibe of the song. So, Megan ain't, she ain't missed yet, so keep shooting. Yep. Keep shooting. TV. Chance the Rapper is to host the punk reboot. I like it. I like it. And I feel like he's like the perfect one to do that. Yeah. He has the energy, the vibe. Like, he's he's young. Yeah. He, I, I like it. I like it. He's the perfect guy. I can't wait. I can't wait. to. When is it? When are they going to air it? I actually don't know. I, I, know, th- I know they've recorded some stuff yeah. already, but I don't know when it's going to come out. Or even, like, if it's going to be, like, a, on TV, TV or, or streaming. Or, like, play, streaming, or, Facebook. You know yeah, how sure. they do that. But I know he got Meg Thee Stallion good. That was funny. Yeah, uh-huh. Um, uh, Tyler Perry yet again, um, a fall from grace. That's, Did you watch that? I saw, you know, I've not watched it yet. Oh, um, I saw pieces of it though, but it's a, a his new Netflix movie. It's just like okay, I've not really watched it, but just even just paying attention to the to the things that people are posting on social media. The movie was done in five days. Now I watched that. Why would you make a first of all? Why? Just think think about even if you don't know anything about how movies are made, think about just a movie set, right? And you do it in five days. Not a, a stage play, not I don't know, but a movie. You shoot that in five days. And the costume, just the little things that they did, you're just like, we could see this, right? Here's my thing about Tyler Perry. I've said it before and I will continue to say it. Stop writing women's stories. Stop writing women's stories. Stop thinking, because it's always the little nuances of being a woman that you mess up. For example, so the movie essentially is about this older woman, Grace, Mm -hmm. who was on trial for killing her supposed lover, right? Now, the thing about it is that her lover scammed her out of all of her money at work and this, that, and the other. Now, this is the thing. This is is where we say you can't can't just be this man writing women's stories. Um, So she was a widow or whatever, a widow of seven years. She meets this young painter guy, Mm -hmm. and all of a sudden they get married, and then all of a sudden... Uh, you know, he, turns, he on turns on her or whatever. Now, women being women, because we women, we know certain things that are certain signs because all women know these things because it's just a women's intuition. Exactly. But you're not a woman, Tyler. So what you do is you try and take little stories that you heard around the, the table from your auntie. I and think grandmas. because he's just seen his mama suffer. Exactly. I, I read his book. He, that's all he saw. He saw that, suffering. And, and it's like you try and take these little things that you, that you think you know that you heard and turn it into full stories. And it's like, no, this isn't how these things happen because women are not this stupid like you try to make it seem like we just get got this easily Mm -hmm. like we don't just be getting got this easily and then it's like it's just a lot the acting he had a lot of great you know black superstars in there that all typically know how to act it's just the fact that everything be so rushed yeah i was so mad to see cicely tyson how i saw her 
Girl. I said, not, not a whole Cicely Tyson. Like, really? You're going to have a whole legend doing this nonsense? Like, why? That was literally her role. <gasps> that was her role, what? child. Like, her role was that old. What's in my what? <laughs> no, yeah, what? <laughs> yes, like that, wow. that. That was her role. Her role was that old woman talking about something. I want to go home. <laughs> I said, not Cicely Tyson. It's just their different hairstyles, like how he changed the different scenes. It was the same scene, but they looked different. It's like, we could see all of this. I, I don't know, Tyler. Listen, Nigel movies don't even be this bad, G. Nigel movies don't It's like, don't be this for bad. what? You got this big ass studio. What you trying to save? What's, that, what are you doing? Why, why, why have why? you written nine, ten shows in a year? You're what? the producer, yeah. you're the writer, you're the director, you're the executive producer. Then you want to act in the shit, too. It's He's like, everything. It's like, you don't want to share. Like, you want to get all the credits. That's what it is. Damn, Tyler. Like, he's just selfish. That's I what just, I think. Yeah, you just degrading the integrity of your work. And that's, that's how I know. Is. That's how I tell people. It's like, Tyler, I'm He ain't no a, real... He ain't no artist. That's as simple as that. He ain't no real artist. Call it what it is. Because secret, true art, you can't do that by yourself. You couldn't... You wouldn't feel good putting that out if this was really your art. You just doing anyway, stuff. Anyway, let's go to Bad Boys. So we watched Bad Boys. We actually watched it the day, like the weekend it came out. We just didn't want to spoil it for y'all. Um, but yeah, I was entertained. It was okay. I, the storyline, did they try to do some twist, plot <laughs> twist I wasn't feeling? I, okay, I will say this. I think it was a good movie. It, it, it um... It was cute to like, you know, I think you know, the, as a part as three. A, as yeah. a part three. I think the fact that they you could tell that they want to keep it open for the, the fourth I don't installment. Think they even though they've already gotten the approval for the fourth one. Yeah. So they're about to start, which I'm like, ew, they I didn't need that. Um I think that if they weren't trying so hard to make sure there was a fourth, it would have been great. Exactly. But I the, think that's where the that's what it was because they they tried to open the door for a fourth one. It would have been great had they just like let it be the third and we just know it would have been that. Yeah, it could have been just that. And I just feel like people, Hollywood just need to know when just to end things. I think that third is okay. I don't see the need for a. I, I don't. Will. I don't. I don't want to. I look. You think it's, it's will. It's will. You I, can I, I can't will. see both of them for another part four five. For you can what? tell Will wants to. You guys he wants old, to keep doing. Like, he, he a little greedy. In that sense. You yeah. know what was like. <laughs> he wants the spotlight. He again. wants the spotlight. He wants to be big yeah, Willie. Like again. you can yeah. tell it's Will that and, wants Yeah, it. and it's bad boys that'll do that for I him. Ain't start the little boy, the, the boy who was playing his, his, He was fine though. He was fine. I said, it was fine. I it, said, was, it, it was definitely a nice production, you know, it was beautiful colors, it was Miami bright and everything. <laughs> it was, you know, it was all nice and bright and stuff. Yeah. Definitely was they nice jipped Gabby. She definitely could have been in this one. Yeah. Hey, had it not been for that stupid ass storyline they tried to carry, Gabby should have been in it. Yeah, it wasn't on that. But yeah, that's it for TV. But girl, what's your word for the week? Since we don't have a black excellence. So since we don't have a black excellence, you know, it's my word of the week. So my word of this week is toxic. Okay. Okay. So you know, toxic typically means something that is poisonous, right? Um, but we in the culture, especially women, have started to use toxic as just anything that is bad for you or doesn't align with you. Um, I think some people are misusing the word. Everything is not toxic. Mm-hmm. Some things just don't make sense, okay? It's not necessarily that it's poisoning you. It's just that you should have never been in that situation to begin with. Sometimes you have to acknowledge when you are the toxic one. I was about to say, one. sometimes you're the one that's toxic. Sometimes you are the toxic one. Sometimes you add the toxicity to the relationship. Sometimes you are the poisonous one, you know? But 
the thing about being toxic is that there is always a way to get rid of toxins. It's called detoxing. Okay. Y'all like how I did that? <laughs> you gotta detox, detox, okay? And you know, detoxing in the traditional form is drinking your water, getting your green juice in, getting your green tea in. But when we gotta detox from situations and things in our lives, sometimes that's taking time for you. I just had to tell one of my good girlfriends that, girl, since we've been 15 years old, you have always had a little boo. Damn. Why? You can't ever go just a month without nobody. Mm-hmm. I'm like, it's always like, I just broke up, but I just met Abby. He just left me, but I just start talking to. Sometimes that is toxic behavior. Yeah. yeah. To, you, for yourself. For towards yourself. yourself. That you're doing to yourself. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's something that we all have to learn to do. We have to learn when we need to detox our lives of the things that aren't doing good for us. Sometimes that's watching a little less TV or watching more TV. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, doing more things for yourself, reading a book, laughing with your friends, going out to eat, having fun. Sometimes you got to detox all that negative energy and have more fun. So that's just my words to let y'all know that toxic does not have to be the end of your road. Okay. Message. <laughs> I need to go to the spoken word. That was hilarious. All right, so let's go to the quote of the day before we end the show. So the quote is, For Africa, to me, is more than a glamorous fact. It is a historical truth. No man can know where he is going unless he knows exactly where he has been and exactly how he arrived at his present place. Sankofa. Okay. (laughs) That's what Sankofa means. All right, and this is Cross Cross Cultured. Cultured.